We are back with another episode of Real Talk, Michigan Football Edition. It's your guy, Jeff, here. Returning guest, Dan. Dan, how are you, sir? Good, buddy. Nice to see your face. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. I am good. I am, uh, I mean, I should say I'm, I'm decent. I'm not so good after this past weekend, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, outside of that, I'm excited to talk football. I mean... Unfortunately, I'm not as geeked as I probably would have been five days ago, but right. you know, it, it is what it is. We're here. Let's, uh, let's rewind. Cause we weren't able to recap, um, Michigan's victory over Minnesota. So with that being said, the last time we talked on this pod, we, we, uh, we kind of knew that Michigan was going to, Michigan was going to play and we knew they were going to play Minnesota and they played Minnesota. And they put the whooping down on them. They win 49 to 24. Is that, does that sound right? That is correct. Okay, 49-24. We get to see a little bit of Joe Milton, and I think he, I think he was 15 to 22, 200 some odd yards. Uh, he looked solid. Nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, it was a very weird game. Lots happened, um, but ultimately, Michigan picks up the W and gets high praise from a, le- a lot of people. Uh, they get high praise from Michigan fans. They get high praise from Urban Meyer, even Joe Klatt. All your big wigs are talking about Michigan and what they were able to do on the road at Minnesota. Um, I was at your house for the game. There was a bunch of people there. We enjoyed the game. We were having fun. What were your initial reactions leaving that game going into week two? Um, they were positive. Uh, when we were talking in the preview episode of the Michigan Ohio State seasons, um, I was kind of marking this game down as, I want to say a swing game, but a potential upset, uh, and that being, you know, Minnesota beating Michigan. But uh, leaving that night, I felt I felt pretty good. But in the preview, I mentioned that like. Uh, the Wolverines are at a point where they gotta they make me believe it. They gotta they gotta prove to me on the field, uh, in order for me to I don't say get back on the bandwagon or really to put my heart and soul in there because again our hearts have been ripped out before. Um, uh, but yeah, this game, Joe Milton played pretty well. Like I said, like you said, fifteen of twenty two. Um, I don't think he turned the ball over. Uh, did some things with his feet, kind of like a Cam Newton. I know that. And he got a lot of comparisons to Cam Newton, especially with his physique. Um, but he moved the ball. He extended plays. Uh, the run game looked pretty good. As Haskins had two touchdowns. He seems like, you know, still the, the power type guy. And then and uh, uh, Charbonnet is that north and south guy as well. But uh, he's, he's basically just a straight line kind of guy. And he broke a big one. I think that was like the first play of the, of the game on their offense. Um, overall, I thought the 24 points to me in my mind was a little higher than I wanted it to be. I wanted them to, to, to put Minnesota probably in the, in the teens for me to be really impressed completely, but it was a road win ranked road win at the time. Uh, so Jim Harbaugh got the W there, but, uh, you know, Bateman, their star receiver, went over 100 yards with nine receptions, but uh, really wasn't really the non, uh, really wasn't a factor through the second half, I don't think. And um, uh, their star running back, uh, Ibrahim, uh, he went 142 on the ground, touchdown wise. So uh, their offense 
had their stars get their get their uh, food there. They they feasted a little bit, but uh, bottom line is Michigan got the W. Yeah, I mean, truthfully for me, that my biggest takeaway was just how well we were able to run the ball. Um, you know, I had I had pointed out to a couple of friends, and even that night, you know, when we were watching the game, the game was so weird because like they come out, they go three and out, they get a blocked punt. Minnesota scores off it on like two plays and then Michigan gets the ball back. Like one or two plays, they go 70 yards with, with Charbonnet. And then, and then after that, they kicked it off to, to Minnesota. Minnesota's buried deep in their own territory. And they, it was either like a fumble or a pick, whatever you want to call it. Michigan takes it back. So now it's 14 to seven. Minnesota then kicks a field goal. It's now 14, 10. And then all of a sudden they kick it off to Michigan. Barrett takes it like 67 yards. And then Michigan takes two more plays and gets it in. It's 21 to 10 before you can even know it. And Michigan hasn't ran more than five plays on a drive yet. It's like it was such a weird start to a game. And truthfully, the rest of the game kind of ended up going like that, where Michigan never needed to drive the ball down the field. They never had to string together five to eight to ten plays in a row in order to score, they were just able to, you know, muster up big plays and in big runs. And at the end of the day, Michigan looked like a juggernaut. Uh, Urban Meyer was on record saying that it was the best game that Josh Gaddis has called since he's been to Michigan. And it was the best offensive game that he had thought Michigan had called under Jim Harbaugh period. So, I mean, despite what you think of Urban Meyer, he knows his X's and O's and, I don't know. I felt really good going into uh, going into rivalry weekend against the in-state rival, Michigan State. So let's go ahead and get right into that. Um, prior to this game, Michigan goes up, I believe it's 21 and a half point favorites in Vegas. Is that it, it, it was rough? It was over 20 points. It was either 21 or 24. Game. So Michigan State drops week one to Rutgers. That goes into that goes into the the betting odds Michigan demolishes what was thought to be a ranked opponent in Minnesota that goes into the betting odds. They throw this, this, this spread out there in a rivalry game that I think a lot of people, myself included, not sure how you felt about it. We didn't really talk about it, but I think we thought we were just going to obliterate Michigan state. So first off, our expectations are set way too high. Typical Michigan fashion, right? Uh, Second thing it turns out that Minnesota, one night before we play, we play Michigan State, gets obliterated—not obliterated, but offensive just onslaught on them by Maryland. Maryland takes them to task, drops, I think, forty-nine on them. So I think they've given up forty-nine twice. So that right there, and I, I kind of thought in my head, but I'm like, nah, that right there should have been the first red flag. Wait a minute, maybe Minnesota's actually, and we're not as good as, you know, we thought we were blowing them out. Second thing is Rutgers, I think they played Indiana, correct? Week yeah. two? Yeah. And they, I mean, they lost by maybe like 10 points, 14. It was a closer game than, so it's like, wait a minute, maybe Rutgers is decent. So it's like Michigan State turned the ball over, I think it was seven times. I don't know. There was a lot of things going into this game that made Michigan fans think they were going to win 
But in reality, when you really start to think about it, Michigan State wasn't nearly as bad as we thought they were going to be, clearly. The score is 27-24. Give me your initial reactions. And, I I mean, I got lots to add on this game, but give me your – Man, give me your, give me you your game assessment, not post game. Let's just talk about the game itself. What do you think about the game itself? Well, uh, well, first of all, I mean, disappointing. But overall, uh, Joe Milton got bashed uh, pretty, um, pretty bad for this one, and I don't really think it's uh, this one's on Joe Milton. Uh, I knew in the preview, or when we did a preview, I knew Michigan State um, is is always going to have, at least since D'Antonio, they're always going to have a, a, a solid caliber defense. Um, what I take away from this game is, obviously, there's glaring weaknesses in the secondary. Uh, we know that Avery Thomas uh, opted out beforehand in the season, so that hurt a lot. You got a lot of fresh new faces and question marks. And, you know, when you and I were watching the Minnesota game, we're looking at players that we've never even heard of before. Yeah. Um, uh, I also underestimated Rocky Lombardi. I I said in the preview, I'm not one least bit nervous or scared to play him. Uh, he really, uh, I mean, let's be honest, was uh, was hurling jump balls and they were living off pass interference penalties for this entire game. Uh, he throws for 323, three touchdowns. Um, and uh, Vincent uh, Gray and Jermon Green, uh, they hopefully have, uh, in the nicest way possible, dementia because they are going to have to have short-term memory when they play really through the remaining parts of the season because they are going to be heavily targeted all game long. Um, but the Michigan offensive line, didn't look great. They could not run between the tackles. And the play calling, I think, on Michigan's side offensively, uh, especially with Gaddis, did not look great. Um, but part of that in the run game that didn't look great was the end arounds and the reverses because if they can't run up between the tackles, they're going to have to do something to obtain yards because you cannot expect Joel Milton to uh, dissect a defense uh, every time on third and long. So they definitely got exposed on the offensive line and in the, in the secondary, uh, the, uh, Eric, all the tight end, I think he's a freshman this season. Uh, he's back to back weeks, dropped a few passes. That's going to hurt. Uh, if he can't fix that, uh, the one, the one bright spot I liked on Michigan in this game was, uh, quorum. Uh, he's a nice little scat back. And, uh, the more they utilize him, the more, uh, I mean, I really, I really liked seeing him with the ball in his hands. Uh, but I, anyone who's watching or listening to this uh, in the future, I really think if you're a Joe Milton hater, I think you really need to reassess uh, what your what your beliefs are because uh, the second string quarterback on Michigan's roster in recent memory has been the most popular player on the team because as soon as a player doesn't show everything they immediately are like well you got to put this guy in joe milton didn't really have a lot of time to throw the ball uh he did 32 completions for 300 yards no touchdowns i don't think he threw a pick uh did he throw a pick maybe one Uh, pick so he did not no i'm gonna i'm gonna allude to that let me let me hop in here because you you said something that i want to i want to piggyback on so 
I've been pretty vocal a, f- a few different times on this pod, not even just Michigan pods, just in general over the course that I've had this podcast in 2020 that I've said that Joe Milton is the guy that I wanted to see at quarterback. And there's a lot of Michigan fans today and yesterday and the day before that and during the game on Saturday that are putting a lot of blame on Joe Milton. So first off, Joe Milton struggles in one area, in my opinion. He struggles to connect with deep vertical passing. It seems like he hasn't even had an an opportunity to throw an interception because he just he's missing them long. He's missing them yep. way long. Like it's just uncatchable balls. Okay. But I, I want to give you a statistic that I pointed out to a couple of friends that uh you know are some Michigan fans and I've also had some non Michigan fans that I've pointed this statistic out to. So Joe Milton on Saturday threw the ball fifty one times. First off, that is a recipe for disaster. I don't care how good you are. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Well, let me just give you some statistics here. <clears throat> so in the NFL, throwing 50 times is a recipe of disaster as well. Drew Brees is second in NFL history throwing 50 or more times in a game. He's done it 19 times, okay? His team's record in those games, 4-15. and 15. Peyton Manning has done it 17 times. His team's record, 4-13. and 13. Dan Marino has done it 16 times. His team's record, 5-11. and 11. And this isn't a time for me to plug Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is 19-9 and nine in those games. Obviously, Brady's a special type, whatever. This isn't about Brady. This is about the fact that 51 pass attempts is not it, – it's not logical, and that's not the way to win a football game. Now, you could probably sit here and argue that they were down – the majority of this game, and I would agree, but it was never outside of one possession until the fourth quarter when it became 10 points. They ran the ball, and everybody says they ran it poorly, and I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, they didn't run it so poorly. 34 carries for 152, four and a half yards a carry for in three touchdowns. That's not poor. It's, I mean, not, it's really not poor, but it's a little... It's a little uh, skewed a little bit because Hassan Haskins had it was eight for fifty six. So uh, our, you know, your favorite back on this roster. He is my know, favorite. He's yes. Obviously, he's he's clearly the better back if he's getting fifty six yards on eight carries, and you have Chris Evans going three for ten. So obviously, they they rode the, the coattails of Haskins a little bit more this game. But uh, by I mean, riding his coattails, they gave him eight carries. I, I know because Joe, Joe Milton led with 12 carries. Yeah. And that shouldn't be happening. Truly. I mean, it, it just shouldn't. So here, here's what's, here's the statistic. That's just mind blowing. Forget about what you know about this game. Forget about the teams, whatever. I'm going to get, I'm just going to give you some facts here. 452 yards to 450. Okay. 300 yards to 323. 152 yards rushing to 126. They said, you, you beat this up um, in the Michigan-Ohio State preview when we were going game by game. They, t- they talked about it just like you said they would in the pregame. 45 of the last 50 Michigan State-Michigan games is decided by the rushing leader. Michigan wins the rushing battle here, okay? They even outgained them as far as they had less attempts and they had better yards per carry. Okay. 
they had the time of possession battle won 33-47 to 26-13. Neither team turned the ball over. There's there's one deciding glaring factor between these two teams because obviously you're like, well, the score is not well, here's the oh, Michigan on first down, 28 to 20. The biggest difference though is the penalties. Michigan has 86 yards of penalties, 10 penalties to five. It just seemed like Michigan could not get there together on the outside. Their, their corners were getting beat up. It, it, Joe Klatt said it literally after the first penalty. He goes, wow, that's a tic-tac foul. He goes, if they're going to call it that tight, Michigan's in for a long day because Michigan's notorious in the Big Ten for, for holding or for, uh, for tugging or whatever you want to say. They, they play aggressive with their corners. They always have. They've left them on an island. That's how Don Brown operates. Mm-hmm. This one, this one's tough, man. Because we're gonna get into the we're gonna get in the post game here in a second. But looking at this, Michigan didn't necessarily deserve to lose. And there's a lot of people today that are calling for Harbaugh's head. And I, I don't know that this is the game to do that for. And there's a you know, well, they didn't win. It's a rivalry. I understand, but. From what I just read you, everything I just read you, are you disappointed in this loss? Absolutely. Nope. I, absolutely. But, but how? You, you I'm get disappointed more first in downs, this. more total yards. They win the rushing battle, time of possession. They don't turn the ball over. They never turn the ball over. You know what, I, though, is I understand that the stats – uh, are, are, are neck and neck, or if they favor, they kind of favor Michigan's department other than the penalties. The reason why I, I disagree is because this game is a must win for U of M. And I don't want to venture off into the Ohio State territory at all, but I'll say this uh, the gap between Ohio State and Michigan is obviously gargantuan. And with D'Antonio now out of the picture, and you have a first-year Mel Tucker, who um, I don't know went five and seven at Colorado, is basically. I mean, let's face it: this entire off-season of COVID, Mel Tucker has probably spent eighty-five percent of his team meetings virtually zooming everybody. So he has less time to prepare. We got a second-year offense under the same offensive coordinator, which has been Harbaugh's kind of a glaring weakness here: is rotating these offensive coordinators like a quarterback carousel. And this is a must-win game. You are just now getting a foothold of the state back after D'Antonio's two tumultuous years after winning the conference and all that jazz, whatever. This is a, this was a must-win game. This is this could potentially be a lot longer lasting down the road. Remains to be seen, but this was a. I mean, it's been since Nick Saban at Michigan State, where a, a first-year Michigan State head coach beats U of M. This was. Uh, gargantuan gargantuan rather uh for mel tucker um so i'm very salty about this win uh or about this loss for u of m uh and do i think jim harbaugh needs to get fired i don't think i think his i think his seat is where it's so hot you can't sit down uh if he was anywhere else or if this was any other coach this would warrant uh, maybe not necessarily a firing, but a, 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 an assistant somewhere uh, should be on the chopping block. Uh, at by the end of the season, if this game, this uh, routine happens again, 
against someone else. If it happens this week against Indiana, Don Brown uh, should at least get uh, at least get canned because that so is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Let, so let's 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 pump the brakes quick. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you a little bit because I, I tend to be the more positive. You tend to be the more not just realistic, but more of the uh, I don't know. More cutthroat, I guess, in this in this sense. Um, Michigan struggled in one area in this game. One area. Their corners. They let a rookie, I say rookie, a true freshman, go for eight catches, 196 yards, and a touchdown. And they had ten penalties. And I bet you any money, seven of them were in the secondary. They struggled in the secondary. That's it. And we're calling yeah. for Harbaugh's head. They never turned the ball Absolutely. over. I understand that they didn't turn the ball over, but again, they played a good have, game. I see again. I statistics show again. I like I said. I don't blame Joe Milton for for as much as the other people or other fans are calling for his head. However, the the Michigan State offense. Literally have brand new freshmen and and uh, new faces all over that. Besides, uh, you know, Rocky Lombardi. Okay. Again, Joel Clatt pointed out in the beginning of the game, if they're going to call the tic tac fouls, let them rip. Okay. And when they let them rip, these corners are not turning their heads around. Okay. Secondary, obviously, glaring weakness. But their defensive line did not generate a single sack after demolishing Minnesota last week. Quiddy Pay had like. Three tackles for loss, two sacks. They had an yeah. interception last week. Yeah. Uh, looking at this right now, um, they had uh, two tackles for loss. They had, like I said, no sacks. They had uh, two quarterback hurries. So even when La- Rock Lombardi is sitting back there flinging them, I mean, he could have dumped it down to torture him on a screenplay if he wanted to. He had all day to throw. So the glaring weakness, again, stat-wise, and what you see on the penalties is the secondary. This defensive line, we talked about in the pre- in the preview, they need to step up. They didn't step up to this game. Uh, and watching this, uh, watching this on the field, you know, I'm not in the locker room, of course, but watching the body language, Aiden Hutchinson looked gassed, Carlo Kemp, Donovan Jeter, non-factors, and what bothers me is all this hype from the coaches and all from the fans of. Oh, uh, look, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, he's, he's, uh, he's, you know, putting on the shades of like Joey Bosa. It's like, dude, no, no, this game was clearly won by the Spartans more. And it's not on paper, the worst game. You just cannot lose to Michigan state's first year head coach. You just cannot do it. That's why Jim Harbaugh should be on a very hot seat, but that's just me. Again, that's why you and I, I like having these conversations with you because we generally, this is our religion, but we tend to uh, interpret the, the scriptures a little differently. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: I don't think you're wrong. It for me, and I don't. I we've never talked about this, but for me, it's like I'm going to go back to Brady Hoke for a second. So Brady Hoke comes in for Rich Rodriguez. Brady Hoke's a true Michigan man. If Brady Hoke was offered any job in the entire world to be the head football coach, he would have chose Michigan over anybody, over the Cowboys, over the Packers, over the Niners, over the Patriots, over Ohio State, over Notre Dame, anybody in the world, he would have chose Michigan. 
And like, obviously you want that to work out because he's a true Michigan guy. I feel the same about Harbaugh. I feel like I do. I, I truly do. I feel this and I, I want it to work out because I want this to be that, that homegrown story where, where Harbaugh is able to come back to Michigan and, and turn this program around. And I'll argue that he has, I will argue that all day long that he has done that. Um, but I just feel, and we've, this goes back to the conversations we've been having for a long time now. Is Michigan state a realistic expectation? Yes, it is. But is it a real, realistic expectation to say that we need to beat Ohio state? I don't know. And that, I don't want to get into Ohio state, but that's, it goes, it goes hand in hand in the Jim Harbaugh talks. It just does. It, I mean, it, Jim Harbaugh's forever tied to his record against Ohio State. Oh, ranked opponents in general. I mean, yeah. hell, hell, I think he literally just got his second ever ranked victory against Minnesota last week. It was like the dude literally doesn't win. And now I just I've already seen the statistic after last this past Saturday's game. As an underdog in the in in ranked game or whatever, just in an underdog in Vegas, Jim Harbaugh's 0-14. Mel Tucker is now 1-0. It's like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 like uh, it's any time, disappointing. Yeah, anytime that we're picked to lose, we lose, period. We don't, we don't, we don't have a shot to win games that we're picked to lose. And that, yeah, it does suck. But it, it comes right back to the conversation. It's like, if not Harbaugh, then who? Who are we, who are we thrusting into this spot? Do you? Do you feel like we're close? Like what's, I don't know. This is, it's a disappointing conversation. Cause I, I, first off, Harbaugh's not getting fired. No, he's not. This is a contract year. They will let him go. Like they will just mutually part ways. It'll be over at the end of the year. And I believe that's where we're heading. I don't know if you agree. It, it, I believe that no, is where we're heading. I think so. I think because, it's because, uh, you know, D'Antonio, I think, is still tied into the program somehow. He's like a, a, a counselor. He probably sweeps the floors at night. I don't know. But D'Antonio is part of the Michigan State program still. He stepped down. I think that's going to kind of how, it, if anything, would go down and be like that. Jim Harbaugh is going to be like, listen, I'm, I'm going to step away from coaching in period or general, or I'm just going to take a hiatus or, you know, we're going to promote within, or we're going to let the coaching search, you know, happen at the end of the season. I'm always a fan of letting the coach finish out the season. I don't like firing coach mid season. It creates too much problem, too many problems. Um, you know, but with the, the shortened season, uh, I think it's extremely important to just let the, the coaching staff stay and let it ride. Um, you know, if you, you cut the ties now in midseason, which would, you know, that you get guys in the transfer portal early. You got little recruiting and all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, I posted on a, um, on a message board just a little bit ago before we came on. I don't know who that you would pick from. Uh, I think the Michigan man rule, I think that should just get, get taken to the backyard and buried yeah. with, the, get, with the dog yeah. because – the last two Michigan men, I mean, again, it remains to be seen on what Jim Harbaugh, his legacy is here. But the Michigan man thing, it just, to me, is irrelevant now. Uh, it used to be a hot commodity, a, a top seat, you know, a, a dream job. And that kind of died after Rich Rodriguez. Uh, and in the coaching search for Rich Rodriguez, you had guys turning the job down, the job down then, too. So 
you know, people were like, what about Les Miles? Les Miles ran out of steam at LSU. He's at Kansas, which uh, the dude's got some gonads taking that job because he ain't going anywhere with that. And then everyone is clamoring for Charles Woodson. It's like Charles Woodson is not going to take a head coaching gig. If anything, you know, if you won the lottery, you get Charles Woodson on for D coordinator or, or the secondaries coach. Um, you know, I don't know what you do here because this is uh, – Obviously disappointing, and it's only the second game. We have a whole season, uh, the rest of the season to look forward to, um, and you got a an enticing matchup, you know, come Saturday. Yeah, let's get into that. So uh, the matchup predictor on ESPN has 56% heading towards Indiana, and to be honest, this was not swayed because of the, the loss. Uh, before the season started, Indiana was picked by ESPN to beat Michigan this year. Um, with that being said, Michigan is favored in Vegas by three and a half points. These teams are shockingly similar across the board. Let me just give it to you straight. Both teams average 36 and a half points a game. Okay. Michigan has allowed on average 25 and a half. Indiana, 28. Total yards. Michigan far and away blows them out. That's what's crazy about this. 466 to 279. Okay. Yards allowed, they're almost dead even. 387 to 367. So about 20 yards difference, but it's pretty even as far as the grand scheme of things. This game's at Indiana. We talked about this back in the in the in the season preview. Michigan hasn't lost Indiana. It's been years. I said this. I'm sticking to it. Michigan's going to beat Indiana this weekend. And I think they're going to do it fairly convincingly. And that's, it's going to re-piss us Michigan fans off. It's going to piss you off, I know it. Because you're going to be like, why couldn't you just beat Michigan State? This is the problem that we have every single season. Every single season. And it goes back to, again, it goes back to the conversation we had. We said Michigan would lose two games this year. Ohio State and one other random game. I thought it was going to be Penn State. You thought it was going to be, I think, Wisconsin. You know, we talked about it maybe being Minnesota. It looks like it was Michigan State. And it sucks that it's Michigan State because that's like a game we needed to win. But everybody's talking about how we're going to probably lose to Indiana. No, we're not. This is a W. I'm, I'm willing to bet a lot on it. Any, anything I have downstairs, my left one, whatever it is. I think Michigan easily takes care of them. I, I truly do. I oh truly do. What What is – first off, give me your take on this game, man. Well, uh, again, Indiana is literally the best underdog of all time because they are just so close to doing it every time, and they somehow pulled it off against Penn State last week uh, – or uh, week one. Uh, the thing about that is – Obviously, we had a controversial call in that game. I don't think it was a touchdown. Indiana should be one and one right now, not two and zero. Oh, but that's I thought, a, it, I thought thing. it was a touchdown. Yeah, I okay. thought it was. So, regardless, I think this is going to be a, a neck and neck Indiana battle. And you know, sometimes Michigan can can blow these guys out uh, in the second half. I think this is going to be a, a touchdown game. I think it's going to be about a seven point victory for Michigan. And I'm not even comfortable. I don't know. I'm still on the fence, man. I, 
you know, Phoenix is not a bad quarterback at all. Uh, can make plays with his feet, and uh, they have uh, uh, Wap Falor, wide receiver. Uh, I love that name. He is on the year 10 catches for 173 yards and a touchdown, uh, and kind of a speedster, kind of built like, uh, I believe, the Naylor kid from Michigan State. Uh, Indiana has talent on, uh, talent on offense, and I'm worried that uh, – they're going to have success throwing the ball on us. Um, at this point, everybody's going to. It's yeah, how true, it's how we mask it. At this point, everyone's true. going to have success. Oh yeah, but the running uh, Scott, he's pretty good too. I I think this is going to be a neck neck game. I don't necessarily think it's going to be like high scoring. I mean, it could be, but I think this is going to be a game that Michigan can probably edge out a seven point victory on. But uh, man, it's I'm going to be sweating. I'm going to be sweating this weekend. And I guess, you know, I think for the last time they were in Bloomington, it came down in over, almost overtime. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's I, – I have high hopes that this season's not over. And I, here's the thing. At this point, there's one thing saving Jim Harbaugh's job. It's running the table. It's beating Ohio State, and it's getting to Indiana. Indy. For, for you a have to. Title you game. have to. With, the, with yeah. the shortened season, there is literally you have no wiggle room now. You have, you know, starting the slate zero zero, and before the Minnesota game, you go in and you realize, okay, we got eight games. We realistically can lose one game, and that is it. Because if you lose two games, you're done. There's no way you can make that up. Because Ohio State's not losing a single game until they get to Michigan, and probably going to win that one too. So if uh, they drop this game. Obviously, Michigan is going to be written off for the Big Ten championship. So every game from here on out is a must win. Yeah. So they better they better dig down and 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 ride it and ride it hard. What what I need to see this weekend is I need to see the captains and the seniors of this defense and this offense. You got to you got to dig down and find something. Just like when uh, you know they play Ohio State. When you when that game happens. Uh, you have to take your game to another level. You have to pray to God, Allah, whatever. You have to, you know, unlock the to get past overall ninety nine on Madden, whatever, and your stats. You have to, uh, you have to bring it. And this weekend, I need to see the captains. I need to see the fifth year seniors uh, making the plays. And uh, I, regardless if it's Indiana or Akron, you have to blow them out. You got to get that confidence back. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think this is uh, first. I don't think this is a gimme game. I, I this is going to be hard fought. I just I have enough faith in this team that they're going to get the W and it's gonna it's gonna get everybody talking. Why the hell couldn't you beat Michigan State? You know, and truthfully, it's just what it is. You know, it, if you're a betting man, bet Indiana. I mean, Michigan hasn't proven to beat teams on the road. Obviously, they did it once this year, but Truthfully, I don't think I don't think Minnesota is that good. I mean, that's just that's where we're at. They lost a lot this offseason. We talked about it in the preview show. It clearly was uh, too much to overcome. I mean, Winfield Jr. is over in, in Tampa Bay. He's fixing to win Rookie of the Year. I mean, that's a huge loss for them. It's it's been a problem. Uh, Indiana, they, they've done enough to to get on people's radar. They're 13th in the country. I think they're overhyped. I think we're I think Michigan beats them this weekend. I uh, I feel yeah, good I about think, I feel I th- good about it. 
I definitely think the 13th uh, rank is a little high. I think they should be, uh, I think they should be like at, you know, maybe 18. I think 13 is a little generous. Uh, and, you know, Michigan has to get by this game to get to Wisconsin. And Wisconsin has got their COVID issues going on. So that game is kind of up in the air right now. So if Michigan can get by an emotional win here in Bloomington, uh, they might have a week off to uh, to uh, regather themselves, which I think could be beneficial for them because it seems like the Big Ten is not rescheduling these games if they are uh, postponed due to the virus. So if that Wisconsin game does not happen, it's it helps them out a lot. It, it does. It doesn't help them in the grand scheme of things, the college football playoff, um, hypothetically speaking. I mean, th- again, this is – this isn't a wish dream. I'm just talking here. If they were to beat Ohio State, they're still going to have to contend with um, Notre Dame to get in. Notre Dame's going to be there. You know, they're they're still mm-hmm. outside. Um, obviously, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia's still going to have a case to get in. Potentially, mm-hmm. Florida. Um, there's still lots of teams out there. So, yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, you know, it sucks that we're 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 sitting here and we're having this discussion and we're one and one because we shouldn't be. We should be two and zero. Oh. But truthfully, I'm gonna look at it in the positives, and the positives are Michigan hasn't turned the ball over this year. Correct? They didn't turn it over to the, the blocked punt. If you want to count that as a turnover, I guess Michigan hasn't had a turnover outside the blocked punt this year. We can't typically say that. The, the formula for winning is not turning the ball over and being disciplined. Now, obviously, the secondary is going to be a massive issue, and it has to get fixed. But ultimately, I feel good. I mean, Joe Milton at least isn't careless with the ball. You know, unfortunately, last week was the type of game that Joe Milton's probably not set up to win. Shockingly, and I, I didn't like Shea Patterson, but if Shea Patterson was the quarterback, we'd probably win last week. Just because if you have to throw it 51 times, Shea, Shea was probably the guy in that situation with the receivers that we had and stuff. We're just not set to win that way. We need to be more speed and space, more running, more, you know, uh, RPO option. It's, 51 times is not the recipe. I'll, I'll keep saying it. I'll beat it to death. Um, hopefully we don't do that this weekend. I'd like to see 35 pass attempts and 35 to 40 rush attempts, and I think we win. I think so too. I like I said, a seven point uh, victory. I think it's going to be a, like twenty seven twenty, and uh, and uh, we we improve. Uh, uh, excuse me, improve to to two and one. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed it. You Michigan fans or you Michigan haters, you know you can hear us in our in our miseries. But you know, you're just you're listening to a couple of Wolverines who who love the team. Um, you know, it just is what it is. We we hate to see them lose, but uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a W and, and what the plans are moving on to Wisconsin. So, Dan, thanks for joining. I hope you had some fun. Um, tell us where, where we can find you on social media, man. Well, again, uh, if you would like to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can at uh, MazeRage86. Uh, it's my personal account, so I do mostly uh, a lot of trolling. So, yeah. Uh, if you want to, if you want to follow me there, you can, um, uh, or so I can get, uh, show you everyone I got blocked by Devin Gardner, uh, that one time. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, I also, uh, 
Ben mentioned a while. I also run a uh, Facebook site where, on a daily basis, you can win certified autographed sports memorabilia. Um, pretty much do contests daily, and we do all four major sports in the NFL, MLB, NBA, and uh, at the NHL, uh, from jerseys, helmets, pucks, bats, anything. Um, but you can win low cost uh, per spot and uh, and hit something really nice. Uh, you know, some of the biggest names in the game: Tom Brady. Drew Brees, Brett Favre, I don't know, you can go to the NHL, we have had Connor McDavid, whatever. But uh, you go to Instagram uh, or Facebook and you search for uh, Fabled Sports Breaks, and you can uh, follow me there uh, on Instagram at Fabled underscore sports underscore breaks. You can kind of follow the hits on uh, what everything is pulled, everything one on the page is posted there. It's a lot easier to scroll through. Uh, everything's in grid form. If you go to Facebook, uh, all the posts are kind of scrambled, but Go to Facebook, type in Fabled Sports Break, search it. I'll ask you a couple of questions uh, about your favorite teams, how you found uh, the page, how you heard about us, and then uh, answer those. We'll get you in, and then uh, whether you spectate or watch uh, or play, it's always a fun, uh, fun time. Yeah, guys, I've you know I've plugged this a few times in the pod. I've had I've had Dan, Dan on and talk about it a few times. It's a it's a real neat way to you know throw in uh, a low cost weekly amount. To, for the chance of winning a multiple hundred dollar helmet. Uh, I've won a couple of things on his page. It's super fun having your, has, having your item come out of the box uh, as a mystery and him announcing your name as the winner. It's super cool. Um, goes into a, a great, great collection, it, you know, in the man cave or the she shed or whatever you got going on. So uh, with that being said, guys, again, we're, we're here with heavy hearts with the loss, but we're hoping to be, to be back next week talking about another Michigan W. So, uh, Dan, thanks again, my man. Absolutely, buddy. I'll see you next week. Go Blue. Yeah, go Blue. Take care.